Hey everybody, this is the LBC Podcast, where we explore Christian theology and practice for the building up of God's family. My name is John Harrell. I am the worship director here at LBC. And joining us today for our topic is my good friend, our pastor of Family Ministries, Chris Moore. Hey, I'm so fun hanging out with you today, John. Thanks. It is fun. And when he says friend, we, we, we are friends. We are friends. And we get to work together, which is super fun. <laughs> I love it. Is that, is that your official title? Are you the pastor of Family Ministries or... What do we what do we call you? Yeah, it's pastor of family ministries. I don't know. It's family ministries pastor. I don't know if I sh- should it be plural? Should it be <laughs> singular? I don't know. Is I it multiple ministries? What exactly do you do here? Yeah, at so LBC? it's. I don't mean that in a derogatory yeah, way. Yeah, no, like you don't do anything. You're, yeah, you're asking. But what exactly do you do here? Yeah, so um, family ministries at LBC encompasses all the ministries that include children and youth and now college. So Mm -hmm. it'd be children's ministry. So nursery through sixth, which includes verge and then junior high, high school. And then I will become the kind of the teacher, um, for our young adult ministry uh, here in a couple of weeks. So essentially it's just the supervisor of all the people that are overseeing those ministries and then getting to teach the college students, which, pretty passionate about those, that group, yeah. um, been helping Josh the last few years in that ministry and getting to know all the college students. And that, that was where I came to LBC in 2003 in college. It was LBC's college group that, um, that's where I really grew, um, as a believer and, mm-hmm. um, the guy that was teaching the college group at the time really poured into, to me and those young guys. And so, LBC and the college ministry at LBC is a big deal for me. And so awesome. it's really fun to kind of like 20 years later circle back and kind of have a, a heavier role back in that again. And yeah, and there's some things that we're going to do, some some changes we'll make in, in college group that are similar to what we did when I was here. Um, just things that I thought were really cool that helped me. So um, anyways, yeah, that's that's kind of what I do around here. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Uh, also joining us, we have Elijah Tran. Hello. Who is our worship tech. He literally keeps us straight on yes. Sunday mornings and all things tech. Yes. <laughs> Everybody yes. throughout the week on staff, it's Elijah, Elijah, help, yeah. Elijah, this, Elijah. Yeah. yeah. So we'd be lost without you, Elijah. Thanks for being Always here. with a smile, always willing to help. Like, yeah. We're going to make him a celebrity through this podcast one way or another, (laughs) the background guy. One way or another, that's my goal. That's right. Yeah. Well, today, dear listener, uh, we are talking about family discipleship. And before you tune out, uh, or if you're thinking, man, I don't have kids, so this doesn't apply to me. Or, uh, hey, you know, I've been single my whole life. I don't even, I'm not married. Um, None of this applies to me. Um, I would just encourage you to stick around because, number one, I think what you're going to hear very clearly is the vision and the goal of the family ministries that are here at LBC. I'm hearing it straight from the horse's mouth, (laughs) Chris Moore. (laughs) Um, But also, I think what you'll be pleasantly surprised to hear is that you have a role to play here at LBC. Every single person has a role to play when it comes to discipleship and specifically discipling the next generation. And so we're going to be talking a lot about, uh, you know, not just the, vi- the vision of 
uh, kids and youth and college ministry here at LBC. But hopefully what you'll hear is from the Bible, um, what is our responsibility as believers in Jesus Christ to raise up the next generation, to love Jesus, and to know his word. So uh, we're going to be tackling some of those topics today, as well as giving some practical advice on how we can do this better, uh, both personally in our lives and as a church body. And so, uh, Chris, let me, let, me, let me start with this. You know, as, as you've worked through this, um, the topic of worldview mm-hmm. comes up a lot. Um, what is a worldview and how is it developed? Yeah, so a worldview is essentially how a person views the world. And so when you think about, you know, maybe like sunglasses, um, it's, it's the lens in which you look at the world and then you evaluate it. And then it's also what motivates and drives the, the way you make decisions, um, the way you think about the world, mm-hmm. and ultimately your behavior. Um, so when you think about a worldview, there's lots of different worldviews uh, that are popular <laughs> in the world, right? Um, Quite a few. You know, you can hear things like uh, Marxism, mm-hmm. socialism are some common ones we hear. Uh, we hear lately, we've been hearing the term critical theory. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all just ways that people look at the world and then evaluate it and then make decisions. Yeah. And worldview has a, is really important because depending on how you look at the world and the frame in which and your foundation and how you interpret it and make decisions, uh, your worldview will impact the decisions you make. So mm. we, we know that you know, somebody who has a, a, a Marxist type of worldview, they're going to make decisions in a way that's going to be har- harmful for people. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so when we talk, the reason we kind of want to bring up worldview to kick this off is that um, essentially what baron- parents are trying to do with kids is help them understand the world from the biblical worldview. Yeah. What does the Bible say about the world and how I'm to think and how I'm to act and how I'm to behave. Um, and so worldview is really important in my opinion. Um, and when we think about, uh, discipling our, our kids and, um, so yeah, that's, so, so really, I mean, an important aspect of a worldview is understanding that everybody possesses a worldview, right? It's not like we have to bring kids to church to teach them how to have a worldview. We're all developing and learning and we are all developing on our own, our own personal worldview. Correct. Of how we see the world, how we see truth. Why am I here? Why do I exist? What's the purpose of life? Mm-hmm. All of these really important, deep questions that must be answered. We're always trying to answer those questions. And so um, it sounds like what you're saying is what's most important is that we be developing a biblical worldview. Correct. Correct. And so as we're talking about the next generation, as we're talking about families and kids mm-hmm. and youth, um, how does how does worldview... I mean, how does, how, how does a kid typically come up with the worldview? Mm, yeah. So when we look at children, especially young children, and I'm thinking about children that are birthed through 12 years old, that age of kids, they're like sponges. Mm. And so um, they are going to listen to what parents say. When they look at adults, what they have to say and how they act has a huge impact on how they view the world. Um, so... The way a child learns to have a biblical worldview is one, 
teaching scripture to our children to living out scripture and letting mm-hmm. them see, okay, I, I, I hear what I'm, you know, I'm, when I'm listening to and what I'm reading in the Bible, how does that play out in my life and how is that supposed to help me think? And so it's the teaching aspect and the living it out aspect that helps solidify a biblical worldview in a child's mind and heart. Um, so there's some research that's been done recently. It's uh, George Barna. So he, he owned the Barna Institute. Uh, he sold that, I believe, 2008, um, started another group. And then now he's at Arizona Christian University, and he runs what they call the, it's called the Cultural Research Center. And so 2022, he came out with, uh, he called it the American Worldview Inventory. And he was really interested to know what is the predominant worldview in America? Mm. And it was pretty staggering, but there's one statistic in that, that kind of woke me up. And he said that, uh, from his research that a person's worldview is mostly set by the age of 13. Wow. So that, <laughs> that's, that's kind of scary. It is scary. And cause when I, when I came in, actually I'll go back to, uh, when I was serving on the worship team, uh, when John came on board, I think he came on board, what, it was September 2015? 2015. 2015, yeah. yeah. Almost eight years ago. And then John uh, wanted to host a, called it the family worship, like a, kind of like a class on Wednesday nights, I think it was, I don't remember. But, um, so that, I think at that point I wasn't on staff yet and I was still trying to figure out what, what is like discipling my children look like. Mm. The idea of family discipleship got, became important. And then as I came on staff, just understanding, like, why, why do so many kids, when they go off to college, do they walk away from the church? And when I, when I heard this stat, what it told me and what Barna confirmed was that we start losing our kids if they don't have a biblical worldview when they hit puberty and teenage wow. years. Because um, then teenage years and into their 20s, they're just solidifying and refining what they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, unless something dramatic happens, like coming to faith in Christ because that's when the Holy Spirit comes back and transforms our heart. But um, so that it told me that the work, the heavy work that we do with a child and helping them develop a biblical worldview is the work we do from birth to age 12, age 13, Mm. laying a solid foundation of understanding God's word and living it out, demonstrating it in the home and letting them see it play out in the church. Um, So, Biblical world of view is important and emphasizing the heavy work parents need to be doing when their kids are little, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so you said something pretty profound there that it, it, I, that it begins in the home <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that it, what, what you're saying is, you know, it's, it's not the church. That's the primary theater. Correct for discipling the heart of a child, but it's actually within the home. Yes. Yeah. Which is, sounds pretty backwards from the way we typically look at church. Yeah. Through a professional lens. Right. Of, we'll drop our kids off with the professionals, almost like we do at school, mm-hmm. and just, ex, you know, expect the church to disciple our children. Right. Yeah, and that's that runs counter to, uh, if, if we think about discipleship, and we think about the one who was the master at discipleship, and that's Jesus. Right. And you think about the disciples, the three year, three and a half years that Jesus is doing his ministry with those disciples. They lived with him. They ate with him. 
They traveled with him. They did everything with him. Yeah. And then so when you think about that, you think like, what, what is the optimal place for discipleship that looks like that? It's in the home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We eat together. We, <laughs> we, you know, sleep in the same home. We travel together. We do for all better and for, for worse, better, for man. worse. It. it is. Yeah. So the best place for discipleship is in the home. Mm. The best place for evangelizing the next generation is, is in the home because we have a great opportunity to not only teach, you know, opening up the Bible and reading it and answering questions, but, but to display it and to live it out better or for worse. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I, I always laugh because, um, God's called sinners to raise sinners. He doesn't call yeah. us to be perfect. We're right. not going to be perfect. <laughs> and it's kind of humorous. Um, but he's given us everything needed to do that well. But the home is, is where that's supposed to happen. And really the church then, when you look at it that way, the church is there to come alongside parents. Ephesians 4, to equip the saints. We're here to equip parents mm -hmm. to help them to do that. And I always think um, Elise, who was on staff with us for a while, she said a really cool quote a few years ago. And she said, Chris, I wanted my girls to hear it from me first mm -hmm. so that when they came to church, they would hear it again. And then the church would reinforce what we've already been teaching in the home. And that that's, good. that's always burned in my mind since that. How can I uh, make my home the place where that's the primary learning and examples are, are being set at, at the, in the home, yeah. you know? You mentioned Jesus, you mentioned Ephesians 4. Are there any specific, very specific passages of Scripture that actually command us yeah. to do this in the home? Yeah, so Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 through 9, so I'll, I'll read that. And this was uh, this is like one of the most popular passages in the Old Testament for, uh, for a Jew. Um, mm -hmm. This is Moses commanding the congregation of people. They haven't entered into the promised land yet, but... But Moses is going back and explaining the commandments and what God expects from his people. And it applies to us today. But um, this is what Moses said. He said, hear, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He says, you shall love the Lord with your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And the way Moses broke this up was genius because verses five and six, he's telling the parents the, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you shall be on your heart. So he's, he's first telling parents, you need to be pursuing the Lord. You need to love the Lord. You need to seek him. You need to know his word and trust and follow his commands. And then teach your children how to do the same thing. Mm. And we know that the best way to, to, to teach somebody is to, to be an example and to demonstrate and, and to show them yeah. Uh, with words and with our actions. Um, and then the way he breaks down how you teach it, it's just as you live life, right? So as you sit in your house, when mm -hmm. you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, he's just talking about the normal rhythms of life. Yeah, He's not saying you need to set up a church in your house. And I mean, in the sense of 
you're sitting in a pew and there's gonna be a formal preaching and then I got a whiteboard and it's a classroom. He's saying kids would love that. Oh yeah, they would. I listen to it all day long and now you're going to make me do this when I get home. Um, but he's just saying, as you do life, yeah. show them what it means to follow the Lord. Um, and so it's, it's en- encompasses everything that we do while our children are still in our mm-hmm. home that we we're pointing them back to the Lord, his word and showing them how to do it. That's good. And if you're tracking along so far, the reason for all of this is that it, it, we need to be developing a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us do, whether <laughs> it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's something that all of us, we, we need to be in the word. We need to be continually learning these things in order that we can be um, applying a biblical lens, a biblical worldview to the world around us and the way that we see things right. properly as scripture has, has, has commanded us. But um, that's needed, especially for the next generation. And so, uh, so far we've established that that's what's needed and that it is primarily the parent's responsibility within the home in order uh, to help develop that biblical worldview. That's God's design, according to Deuteronomy 6. Mm-hmm. It's his design that this be done in the home first and that the church come alongside to support parents Correct. in that. Um, so let's let's switch to, you know, how, how what's what's the method here? How do we... I mean, you had mentioned some right there out of Deuteronomy 6, but, you know, I, don't, I haven't written on any doorposts lately. And, <laughs> you know, <I'm> a, <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the primary method here um, that we utilize to, to, to help develop a biblical worldview hmm. in our children? Yeah, so uh, I want to be careful to not say, give it a, a, a formula or a prescription hmm. um, for what it looks like in the home, because I think... You know, John and I, uh, we go through seasons where we like to walk in the mornings and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll kind of talk through, you know, uh, how things are going with our kids and, you know, what they're learning and what we're trying to teach them. And um, what John might do with his family will be a little bit different than I do with my family. It's mm. just you kind of base it off of kind of the personality of your kids and kind of the ebbs and flows of your life. Um, but. So I'll, I'll go maybe a little bit formulaic first, and then we'll expand to kind of broaden that out. But, um, and I'll use an example like for us in our home. And uh, so when my kid, I think when Samantha was two, up until that point, Heather would mostly be reading from mm-hmm. a, a children's storybook Bible, right? So that was something we did with Sammy when she was little. I mean, yeah. as soon as she was born, we, were, we would be reading to her. Um, and we're praying, praying over her kind of a thing. And, um, I think when she became two, I started helping Heather in the two-year-old class cause Heather was a Sunday school teacher and, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there with the kids and I'm like super intimidated to be with two-year-olds. I don't know why, but I'm in the class <laughs> and I'm like, what do I do with all these two-year-olds? Right. <laughs> I have one, but I don't know what I'm doing. And so I watched Heather just read a Bible story yeah. and kind of talk through it. And, you know, at two, they don't really ask a lot of questions, but they kind of start to, mm-hmm. and I thought I need to be doing this. So then I asked Heather, it's like, let me, let me read. And so that kind of became our thing in the evenings is that we would read through the storybook Bible. And as they got older, then we would start reading through the normal Bible. And, and then there was times where like Heather's like, dude, you're super boring. Like that's a really cool story. And you're just totally monotonous. Oh, maybe I should liven this up. <laughs> right. So, you know, there's, there's things that, you know, if, God's word is awesome. So let's, let's make it seem like it's awesome. Right. Right, right. So, so, and then, um, we, 
when I came on staff, we changed curriculum for Sunday school and it came with a really cool family kind of worship guide that took whatever we taught the kids in Sunday school on Sundays. And then it gave you like five more little devos for the rest of the week. Mm. And we really were pushing that with the church. Um, and then we did that as a family for about a year and it was really cool. And then it just got to the point where it just seemed like, let's just read the Bible. Yeah. Right. And so a couple of years ago, um, Heather's family, they were here for Christmas and, uh, her uncle just challenged all of us. Hey, let's as a whole family, I mean, mm-hmm. there's 25 people in our living room. Let's all read through the Bible together and do a, re- a reading plan. So he gave us all this chronicle, chronological reading plan. And so I just kind of paused. I'm like thinking, okay, would my kids do this? Like mm-hmm. I'm all game for it. And then I think Ryan and Sammy came up to me and said, dad, we really want to do this. I was like, you know what that's going to mean? You're going to have to commit <laughs> every day. Yeah. Right. And they're like, we want to do it. Okay. And so the raddest thing that us as a family, we've experienced with kind of like family discipleship was just reading the Bible together mm-hmm. and reading through a plan. Because what that did is it kind of unpacked Deuteronomy six for us. Cause we'd be at dinner and Ryan would say, dad, I read this. I don't know what this means. Why does it say this? Mm-hmm. Or he'd have a stumper of a question and we would talk about it. Yeah. We'd be in the car tra- traveling somewhere Somebody, one of the kids would ask a question based on what they were reading. Yeah. And we didn't limit them. I mean, we read through Song of Solomon. We, we read through some hard <laughs> stuff. There's a lot of <laughs> ugly stuff in the Old Testament. Yeah. And we just said, it's God's word. We're going to let him read it. Yeah. And we had some crazy conversations. But I bet it, walking, your, walking your, you know, seven and eight year old through Song of Solomon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, questions. and Casey's, she doesn't understand most of it, yeah. right? But, <laughs> but then she could tell, like, oh, I think they might be kissing, right? Yeah. Here, right? Or, um, which was okay. But, but they're already asking those questions. So yeah. It's a great conversation. Yeah. And my, and my thing's been if they're asking the question, then I'm going to answer the question. Yeah. That's good. Um, what we don't want to do is they're asking a question and you say, well, you're not old enough to understand that. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't mean you give them all the details, but you mm-hmm. answer the question. Uh, so to answer your question, John, um, to me is keeping it as simple as possible as how can we as a family be pointing each other back to God's word and using God's word to help us think through all those issues uh, that we're going to face and all the questions mm-hmm. um, and then doing it at a young age and, and let and processing that together. But then the other piece Uh, George Barna, he came out with another inventory this last year, and he made a really strong point about if parents aren't living it, if parents are like maybe going to church, but at home, like, yeah, it is whatever. The Bible isn't a big deal. Um, You know, being with the the, the family of God is not that big of a deal. Kids sniff that out really quick, and it's Mm -hmm. hypocritical for them. And what it actually does is it minimizes the power of God's word. Cause then they look at the Bible and they're like, well, my parents don't really think it's a big deal. Like yeah. I'm not going to think a big deal. So it, it's a combination of teaching and instruction and discussing the Bible, but then also living it. Yeah. It doesn't mean being perfect. It just means I, the Bible means something to me. Jesus yeah. means something to me and, and I'm willing to live my life for him. And we're going to, you're going to watch me do that as, yeah. in the home, you know? So, um, yeah, and you know, some some parents might be listening to this right now thinking, "Oh no. I've been dropping the ball." <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been, you know, and 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 it's it's really easy to start beating yourself up, you know. I mean, we do that as parents anyway. Oh, yeah. 
in in life we're always questioning if we're doing anything right it seems like in in parenthood but you know to 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 hear god's design you know to to hear an, an, an example of you know creating that hunger within your home for God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of parents might be listening to this thinking, you know, okay, I can, I can sit down and I can, you know, try and engage with my kids with the Bible. But what if they're asking me a question that I don't know? Mm-hmm. What if, you know, I'm, I don't have a Bible degree. I don't, I don't know how to answer a lot of these questions and I don't want to look dumb in front of my kid. Um, you know, what are you, what's, what's something that you would say to, to parents mm-hmm. who might be questioning their ability yeah. to do this? And so uh, even though you have a, a Bible degree, you still feel like you're inadequate. Like <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. So, um, what, what I would do is follow the model of Deuteronomy six and Moses first says that you first, you know, essentially follow the Lord and let those commandments be in your heart. So mm-hmm. I would encourage a parent start reading the Bible. Good. Right. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, you know, I mentioned a Bible reading plan, and, and when I share that example, I don't say that if you're not doing it that way, it's not going to work. That's why I was trying to be away from formulas. But mm-hmm. start as small as, like, you know, maybe I'm just going to read one chapter a day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you read one chapter a day, you could read through the entire New Testament in a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the, the plan that we did, there was no reading on the weekends, and often I was behind, and I had to come back and read on the weekends, right, because we get busy. But I would start with just to start reading the Bible. You and your spouse, you know, it doesn't have to be together. And then I would just, um, one thing that you can do, especially if you're coming to our church, uh, the reason why we have little handouts for Sunday school is for the parent to go home and and just say, hey, what'd you learn today? Mm. Oh, we were, we read about Moses and going through the Red Sea. Oh, cool. Well, tell me about it. The handout's going to give you the questions to ask your kids um, and give you a little background on it. So I would start with that. Yeah. And, and where, do they, where, do, where do they pick those up in case parents aren't oh, seeing that? So usually, um, at least like with preschool and elementary, there's, there'll, there'll be like a handout that goes home with the kiddo. Um, with Verge, uh, Kevy will actually email the parents oh, wow. Sunday yeah. and actually Wednesday before the Verge night on Wednesdays. And then at uh, some point Sunday afternoon or Monday, she'll email the parents and, and just say, hey, this is what we talked about. Here's some questions you can ask your kids. That's great. So it's fresh on the kiddo's mind, and then we give you some questions to ask. Um, so I would start there. Yeah. And then and then just keep praying for uh, another ways and opportunities to do that. Um, you know, so a suggestion would be maybe, maybe once a week we just sit down as a family, and I would start with uh, maybe the sermon on Sunday. Uh, the reason we came up, what we call it the family worship guide that we introduced this last mm-hmm. or two weeks ago is uh, taking the sermon. And then I wrote some questions that are family friendly and some definitions and trying to explain some of the passage for the parents. Um, you can grab that on the kiosk in the lobby mm-hmm. on the way out. Use that in the car. Use that at home. Um Junior high and high school this year, we're trying something different on Sunday mornings for their connection class. We're actually going to be, uh, they're going to be talking about the sermon. So uh, uh, Joel and Kevin are going to kind of read back through the passage and then have a discussion about what whoever preaches on the Sunday morning. And the reason we're doing that is to try to have one singular point of reference for parents and students to be able to have a discussion about the Bible when they go home. Because they, they if they go to church together, they're going to hear the sermon. 
And if, if, if the family's just going, you know, one service at 10 o'clock and the parents are going to the to church service and the kids or youth are going to connection class, then they can still go back and have a discussion about what they heard. So we're trying to do things as a church to make it easy for parents to kind of onboard into those discussions. Yeah. Um, and then your other question about, um, you know, if a kiddo asks a question that you don't understand, I th- to me, that's a beautiful thing because what it does is it causes you to go and find the answer, mm. causes you to do a little research. It causes you to get in the Bible, causes you to go ask somebody that you trust, which is going to promote fellowship. Um, and it's okay for your kids to say, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that. I say that all the time with yeah. my kids. Yeah, that's a great point. And kids throw stumpers all the time. And that's good because like, oh, well, let's go look. Yeah. And there's been nights where we open up the Bible and like I read a verse about this. I don't remember where it is. And Ryan might be trying to look for it and then we'll find it. And they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. I didn't really answer the question. The Bible did. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the Holy Spirit working through the word. Yeah. Illuminating it into a kiddo's heart. And now they're like, ah, I get it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really do a whole lot. Right. Yeah. I said, I don't know. Let's go look for it together. Um, so I think, I think that's important. Um, you know, there's, there's other really cool family devotionals and other things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say for someone who, who feels like, man, I'm, I'm behind, keep it simple, um, and, and leverage some of the things that we're offering here at the church to help you with that. And the other thing I would say to parents is if you don't have an older couple who's been there, done that That's and good. did it well, yeah. If you don't have a mentor couple that's speaking into your life and giving you tips and um, suggestions and encouragement, you need to do that. Like yeah. reach out and because for me, there's been multiple uh, families that have come alongside us that have encouraged Heather and I mm-hmm. and through some dark stuff. And as we're wrestling with parenting our kids and really to me, that and God's word has been the most important for us and help for us. Um, so, so to me, when I, when I look at Deuteronomy six, it's just a very simple formula. We're not saying you need to add another thing, Mm -hmm. just make it the thing that's part of everything that you do. What I'm not saying is go quit baseball and your activities, but how can, how can God's word and the Lord be in the midst of all of that? And how can you use those as opportunities to teach your kids and, I mean, there's one, there's one time we're driving, uh, I think we're driving down coffee and there was one of those plastic surgery, uh, announcements on the billboard or whatever, you know, the goofy <laughs> ones about puffy lips and all the other things that they want to do. <laughs> I, I, I think it was Casey asked a goofy question about it. Right. And that led to a discussion about, you know, how God's created us in, in his image and mm, that, good. that, and that just reminded me that we're, we're wa- walking along the way. We're driving in our car. Kids ask a question and it, it spun back to well, what's God's word say? Yeah. You know, and then we moved on to something else silly. I don't know. We were probably par- talking about burping or something. I don't know. Something silly <laughs> the kids talk about, but just the randomness of the conversation and, and how that can naturally get woven back to the Bible. Um, and that's a, that's a great reminder of what you said earlier about the fact that, you know, what, what I think it's been shared in a different way that, uh, you know, what's caught mm-hmm. is way more effective than what's taught. Yeah. 
um, that kids are watching the way that we live and they can see what we value. They can see what we cherish based on our decisions that we make based on what we value time-wise, what we give ourselves to. Um, and so on the one hand, we shouldn't be shocked if our kids have a ho-hum attitude towards God in the church if we ourselves as parents have a ho-hum attitude towards God and his church. Um, but the positive is also true, <laughs> yep. that we have a profound effect, and that's the way God designed it. Mm-hmm. We have a profound effect on our children, um, and, and what we choose to value and the things that we talk about and the things that delight us. Um, you know, these are, these are the things that, that really have our hearts. Our kids can see that. And, uh, you know, I think that's why Deuteronomy 6 begins with that you know, these things need to be impressed upon, you know, need to be first on our hearts mm-hmm. before we can impress them upon our children. Because what is a delight to us, what is on our hearts, um, what, what fills us up is ultimately what our kids are going to learn to delight in as well. Right. Um, and so it begins, I, I, you know, I would say, dear parent, it, it begins by you waking up in the morning and opening your Bible for yourself mm-hmm. to feed yourself um, and to let your kids see that. Um, and not just parents. I'm going to say this to grandparents as well. Mm. Um, you know, I've got a picture of my father that my mom snuck. <laughs> she, she snuck a picture of my dad one morning um, in his Sunday clothes. He's a pastor um, before he goes to church. And it's early in the morning and he's, he's sitting. It's, it's a great picture. He's, he's sitting in the window, um, just very relaxed, you know, with his legs crossed and his Bible on his lap. And he's just reading not knowing his picture is being taken. And that's such a treasured picture. Mm-hmm. It's in a frame in, in my mom's room, you know? It's awesome. And uh, it's it's ingrained in my head of just the impact of that. I want my kids to see that picture of their grandfather just treasuring God's word early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, that affects, even as an adult, that affects me. Um, you know, that's, that's the power that we have over our children. So whether you're a grandparent, whether you're not even married, maybe you've got nieces and nephews, uh, any opportunity, listener, that you have to just share the goodness of God mm-hmm. is a good thing. And, and like you were sharing about the billboard driving around town, any opportunity um, to, to, to share the goodness of God, to share the, the goodness of knowing God and the goodness of his creation and, um, you know, his, his, his nature. I mean, these are things that as we talk about them throughout the day, um, as it's on our hearts first and we're talking about it throughout the day, I think our kids learn to treasure those things as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not the church that's doing that. It's you as a parent, as a grandparent, as an uncle, uh, as an aunt, um, as a friend, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, as just somebody who has influence over somebody else. Um, that's, that's the power of discipleship. And, and so it is our vision here at LBC that we can come alongside you in order to equip you and to help you do that. And so why don't we transition to that? Um, specifically here at LBC, Chris, um, mm-hmm. when we look at our, our kids' ministry, what's your what's your philosophy here of ministry and how you guys operate? Yeah, so I think when I think about children's and youth ministries, like our primary goal is to get our families engaged in the life of the church. Hmm. Um, because like I mentioned earlier, when you are actively participating in the life of the church and you've got other families that are pouring into you and encouraging you. And and likewise, you know, you also would then be pouring into other families. That's really going to be like the best help for parents to, to remind them of the word, spur them on to the work that they're to be doing. 
Um, so kind of what we're doing and it's, I wouldn't say it's covert, but it kind of is, is that, uh, you know, Joel and Kevin and Kevy and Drew, who are all kind of participating in all their respective ministries. They're one of their main goals this year is, um, if there are families who are bringing kiddos to their respective ministries, that we are making sure we're going out of our way to com- connect them to the life of the church. And so that looks like it may be you've been coming here consistently and we're going to encourage you to serve with us. Hmm. Um, you know, families that are already serving a lot of places, we usually are kind of hands off there because we don't want to overwhelm people. But get involved and get serving because we believe that if you're serving, you're going to get to know other families. You're going to get to know the other kids. You're going to be watching how other families do things. It's going to be cool. Um, so that's one thing we do. We got our handouts that we're doing. Joel and I are noodling on doing, um, like a parent student kind of seminar on Sunday mornings. And so kind of grabbing a topic. And right now we're, he's teaching through biblical worldview in high school. Uh, but how can we, you know, bring the parents and students together and then teach them something and kind of give them a little bit of homework to work as a on as a family. Mm, So that's something we're, we'll announce soon. We're still kind of working on the details of that. Um, Another thing that we're doing, so starting on September 10th when we kick off our connection classes on Sundays, uh, I'm going to be co-teaching a class for young married couples uh, who are, you know, someday considering having kids. Maybe they're expecting kiddos. Maybe they have, you know, infants and toddlers already in the house. Mm -hmm. And so that class really, it's going to do two things. One, we're going to teach them biblical wisdom, your role and responsibilities as a parent. Um, what's the Bible say about specific topics and then practicalism? Like, what do I expect when I come home with my baby? And, um, but part of that class is we're going to be linking those couples with mm-hmm. older couples who have a heart to want to mentor them. That's great. And so the challenge for them is going to be, uh, we're going to try to link you up, but we want you to pray and be courageous and ask an older respected couple in, in the church to, to mentor you mm-hmm. again, connecting them to the life of the church. Um, we've historically, we've done, uh, thinking biblically conferences where we invite parents to come in and we're, 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 we're tackling, uh, a biblical topic. We've done family discipleship conferences mm-hmm. at the church. We'll continue to do those things. Um, and the main thing you'll hear from you know, all of our family ministry people is they're going to be speaking a language that says that we are partnering with you, but we are not the primary disciples. We are wanting That's to good. equip you. And so like when Kevy's sending out the, the worship guides, uh, when Drew's going to be creating the handouts on Sunday mornings, when Joel and Kevin are going to be kind of tweaking their, their, their formats to promote discussion in the home, like what we're doing on Sunday mornings with their connection classes, those are all things that we're doing kind of behind the scenes to point the discipleship back into the home. Mm. And then we're all armed and ready to provide resources when people ask. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what I found is we'll, we'll offer it. Usually that doesn't get received well, but we've, I mean, we've got an army of library and books and resources that, that, that are available that we're willing to, to share. Um, so, so that's kind of, mm-hmm. I would say we're kind of in infancy of, of that going in that direction and there'll be more in the coming years. But the main thing I was communicating to our team is that we have to, we have to start speaking the language of, yeah. um, you know, roles and responsibilities of parents and churches and then start initiating uh, and 
tweaks to the format to, to promote that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess that's what I would say, um, we're pushing, but, um, but just know that everybody on the team, on all of our staff here at the whole church, like, and we're here to, to pour in and, yeah. and help you to do this. And, um, yeah, so, you know, there's some concrete things there. There's some philosophy things there. Um, mm -hmm. the main thing is I don't want to tell you, this is what you have to do because every family is different. Yeah. You know, some families are big on catechism, which is essentially memorizing, uh, historic and biblical truths about God and, and what it means to be a Christian. Um, mm -hmm. some families that works really well. It didn't work well for our family. Mm -hmm. Um, like the devotionals, uh, did kind of work well for us. Um, but we landed on just reading the Bible and there's uh, families that have some really cool, unique things that they're doing to promote yeah. just the discussion and living a lifestyle that follows Christ. And so you kind of have to adjust to what your family, some families have, really formal, we call them family worship time. So mm -hmm. they get together a couple of times a week and they're going to, they're going to sing and they're going to read God's word and they're going to pray together. Um, and, and that works well for some families. Um, so, you know, just, you just, you just have to keep trying it. Yeah. And, and, but like you said, John earlier, the parents have to start with their love for the Lord first and then, um, let God give you the wisdom into how you can grow that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so as we kind of start to bring this to a close, uh, we've, we've established that the primary environment, God's will, God's desire for the primary environment for discipleship is the home, not the church, the home, mm -hmm. <laughs> the church is here to equip, uh, parents, grandparents, anybody who has influence, um, to equip them to share with the next generation, the goodness of God, um, the truths of God's word to help develop that biblical worldview, to see the world rightly through the lens of scripture and through the lens of God's word. I think one important piece uh, that we have to be aware of and that we always have to keep in mind is that, dear parent, dear influencer, you are not going to be perfect at this. Um, I have never been perfect at this. Chris has never been perfect at this. Um, we have to give ourselves grace. It, yes. It's very easy for the enemy to, to creep in and to say, oh, look at all the things you haven't been doing. And especially to you guys out there. I think that there's, and this is very specific to men. Um, I've felt this many times. A lot of times when you know the right thing to do, you don't want to get started because uh, it only you feel like it'll only highlight what you haven't been doing, that you've been failing and you've been dropping the ball. That's, that's just a trap from the enemy. Mm -hmm. um, the best way to overcome that is to do it, is to simply sit down with your family, uh, in, like Chris was saying, in, in a way that is right for you, that's right for the age of your kids, um, to sit down with your family and, and maybe even to humbly acknowledge, you know what, this is something we should have been doing, and it's, it's, it's my fault that we haven't been doing it, but we're going to start doing it now. We're going to start reading God's Word together, or we get, we're going to engage in family worship by... by you know, having a time where we, where we read scripture, where we pray and where we sing together. Um, or maybe we're just going to read a devotional every night and talk about these things. But if that feels weird for you and awkward, or you feel like it's just going to highlight your own failures, hey, um, I, I, I say this with all love, get over it. Just do it. I, <laughs> just, yes. just do it because you'll always be paralyzed. It will always keep you and hold you back. That is a lie and a trap uh, from the enemy. You have everything that you need mm -hmm. because you have God's word and you have a church family that supports you in this. 
um, to help provide resources. Between Chris and I, I feel like I feel like we've bought every book on family worship. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and resource available. I'm I'm constantly collecting those things, and we would be happy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to share anything, any of those resources with you, and temper your expectations for what that time might look like. Um, I know for a long time I got I got frustrated because I expected you know, my young kids to sit down and just want to hear God's word and they're squirrely and they're loud and somebody hit somebody else earlier on and they're still angry about it. And it's just turns into a madhouse. Um, temper those expectations, Mm -hmm. take it in stride, uh, and, and, you know, know your children and, and, and develop that desire within cultivate that love for God's word where you want to share these things with your kids. I have a funny story. Um, when my youngest, she was probably two or three, we're sitting in, um, our daughter's room and we're reading, doing, I think we, at that season we were doing the, the devotional from our Sunday school and my youngest, yeah, she was spinning cartwheels. I get mad. I told, I told my youngest, you need to stop. You're not respecting God and his Bible, blah, blah. I wouldn't. And, and you know, they start crying <laughs> And it just blew up Yeah. and we walk out and Heather was like, what was that? I'm like, well, she wasn't listening. She's being disrespectful and we're, you know, going off on that. And she said, Chris, she's still listening. Mm-hmm. She just is active. And, yeah. and she surprised me cause she, she remembered everything I said. And so just you when you're talking about expectations, it reminded me that they're listening. Mm-hmm. And really what I just communicated, I was, you know, I communicated anger and, you know, they were scared and, um, that probably spoke more than what I was trying to, you know, yeah. they weren't the impact of what I was trying to communicate just got kind of spoiled. So what it told me was lower the expectations, just like John said. Um, and what it, I then had to go back and apologize to my kids mm-hmm. and ask for forgiveness and, I mean, I've done that a bunch of times. Yeah. I've, and that's I've good. messed up and I have to apologize. And, but well, you know, what I'm reminded there is that the Bible tells us to repent and confess our sins and, and mm-hmm. to forgive. And so even when you make a mistake and you've got to apologize, you are communicating, uh, biblical things to them because you're doing, you're, you're, you're obeying God's command by repenting yeah. <laughs> and asking for forgiveness. That's all biblical. So even when we make mistakes, even when we don't know the answers to the questions, all that, because at the end of the day, God gets all the glory. Yeah. Right. If I, if I was perfect, then I would get the glory. Right. But because I'm not perfect and I'm stumbling through this and trying to figure it out, anything that comes out of this thing that's good in, in my discipleship, it's because the Lord did it. Yeah. That's good. And I was just kind of like a bumbling <laughs> idiot, just trying to follow him the best I could, you know, but God gets all the glory and, and, and that. And that, for our kids, they need to see that. They need to see that. Yeah, it, it, they don't need to see perfect parents. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that there's some, probably some, some young parents who are listening right now, uh, or parents of young kids or soon-to-be parents uh, that need to hear this. Your kids don't need to see perfect parents because they're not going to be perfect parents. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be a perfect parent. There's only one perfect person, and that was Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, what they need to see and what they need to learn is how to repent well. Mm. And they need to see how do you properly apologize and how do you 
acknowledge freely because we can because of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We can acknowledge freely our faults yeah. <laughs> to say, you know what, I've been dropping the ball, or you know what, that wasn't right of me, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? You mm-hmm. know, these are these are things our kids need to learn, and that's what they need to see from parents. And good parenting models that yep. for our kids. That's that's really well put, Chris. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, something else that's worth mentioning is that it's important for all of us to be reevaluating what might need to radically change in your home and in your time and in you and what you prioritize in your family in order to uh, prioritize family discipleship. So with that thought, I told Heather when we got married or when we were thinking about getting married, I grew up in a home. We weren't it wasn't a Christian home. But what we did in the evening, we sat at TV trays and we watched TV. That's that was dinner. <laughs> and so it was it, it. I put the pieces together when I got older, like in my 20s. And I realized why sometimes I had a hard time interacting with people in it. And I was like, man, I don't know. I, my parents and I, we didn't really t- talk. And so what I what I told Heather, I said, hey, when, when we get married, we're going to eat together dinner together as a family you know I don't care if it's at a dinner table like right now our family I Heather and I stand at the counter and the kids sit at tables on the other side of the counter and we mainly do that because I get tired when I sit mm. if I go home and I sit at the dinner table I will fall asleep and get drowsy and that for me to stand keeps me awake and keeps mm-hmm. me engaged so that's what we do that's mm-hmm. how we do it um, but the TVs are off the phones aren't there I mean sometimes I Sometimes I'll get the phone will ping and I go and get on it, but that's something I've got to work on. But that time is for us to talk. Yeah. And you think about when Jesus and his disciples, they typically were together over a meal. And you can do that every night or, yep. you know. And if you got busy evenings, you know, make one or two nights a week and you're not doing that, make one or two nights a week where we're going to eat dinner together. Yeah. And just, just let it play out. But make a habit of being together as a family and creating the environment so that you can have those conversations and and discussions about the Lord Um, so there's just some ideas but I think you're right we've got to be radical about this because we need to demonstrate that this is something serious for us and that speaks volumes to our kids yeah and if we as parents are developing a biblical worldview ourselves Mm -hmm. uh, we will inevitably come to this one conclusion that, that our kids can have all the worldly success in the world they can become the major league baseball players or the NFL players. They can become the successful doctors and all of these other things and yet be complete and utter failures mm-hmm. because ultimately the only thing that matters in life is knowing Christ. Yeah. That's it because you can have all the success in the world. And if you don't know Christ, you're nothing. Right. And if we as parents really truly grasped that, if empty nesters, <laughs> who see all these young families in our church and all these kids really grasp that, you know, if, if single folks who have never been married, who are coming to LBC and seeing kids and young families and all of these new generation, if we really grasp that, it should infuse in us a radical fire Mm -hmm. to say, whoa, the only thing in life that truly matters is that our children know Christ, Mm -hmm. Um, that they grow to become men and women who love him with their whole heart and who disciple future generations to show them the goodness of Christ. Um, that's a biblical worldview. That's what the scriptures teach us. Mm-hmm. And, and if we 
you know, walk away with anything else today. It's, it's, you know, regardless of where you're at, if you are a parent, if you are a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a family friend, uh, if you are a high schooler and you're listening to this and you're seeing all these little kids running around and, you know, nursery workers and all that, you know, regardless of where you're at, we all have a responsibility to show the goodness of Christ to the next generation. Um, God's primary method is in the home, but we know that some of the kids who come here don't have that in the home Correct. Uh, because, they're, because their parents are not believers. Um, we know that we live in a culture that's always tempting us with our phones, like you said, with mm-hmm. our devices. It's tempting us with uh, pursuing worldly success. It's tempting us with giving our time and our resources and our money always elsewhere apart from, you know, where it should rightly be, which is to grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. These are the things that we all face um, day in and day out. And so it is, it is important to take steps back and to evaluate our lives and to not be afraid to radically change things. Um, and if you need help in that area, please know, I can't think of anybody on staff here at LBC who wouldn't love to sit down mm-hmm. and talk to you because this is uh, the most important thing. And, and you know, I'm, I'm the worship guy here, but this is always heavy on my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris and I both share the same, I think, passion for this, um, to see, you know, the, the goodness of God, the glory of God displayed for future generations. Don't be afraid. Um, and then we, and we encourage you to sit back in the days to come, um, pray through what are maybe some areas that God's calling you to give up, uh, maybe some areas where God's calling you to be involved. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really scary. And it's going to be a huge step of faith for you, but God might be stirring in your soul to get involved, to start serving in one of the ministries here at this church or to come alongside a family to be a mentor. Um, you may be looking at this and you, you may be hearing me and you love Jesus Christ with all your heart, but you did not do things well as a parent. You know what? We need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm speaking as a 40-year-old. I, I need to hear from parents who didn't do it so well at this, you know, too. That's wisdom. Mm-hmm. You hold on. You have wisdom because you maybe didn't do things. And, and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, you know, hear me. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. But don't just sit on that. That's something to be shared uh, because that's wisdom mm-hmm. to help guys like us who are trying to raise our kids not make the same mistakes. Um, there's a place for everybody. Yes. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to just also include there is just the the realization that it, you know, we, we are pushing hard uh, for the church and our parents and understand and know their responsibility and take it seriously and do something. Um, But we also need to communicate too, is that though we see clearly in Deuteronomy six, that we are commanded to teach our children. We are not the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. We are not God. We cannot save our kiddos. And so the goal isn't to say that to save your kids. The goal is to teach them is to point them to Christ, to demonstrate your passion and your love for the Lord by the way you live your life. At the end of the day, it's still between them and the Lord. And so what we also hope that you hear is that, that you would find peace knowing that the God is sovereign. Mm. He is in control and that he can be trusted with our kids but for, for you to be encouraged, and, w- and what I'm reminded is when I, when I stand before the Lord, c- can, I, can I tell him that man, I, I did everything that I could? Yeah. 
in the not that we were perfect, but God, I, I, I did my best mm-hmm. to teach and to raise them. Amen. And that's really what we're saying. Um, we can get overwhelmed by thinking that it's so complex that we do nothing. And what I'm hoping you hear is that just start small yeah. and just be faithful Amen. and just trust and rely on him because he's, if he's commanded you to do it, he's going he's gonna to equip you and give you everything you need. Like John said earlier, he's given us everything to, for us to be able to do that well. Um, so do the hard work and then trust the Lord Amen. with the growth. Right? We plant seeds, we water. God causes the growth. Because um, I, I, I know of other people that they're, they're so worried and nervous that their kids are not going to know the Lord that they're, they're almost in a panic with how they teach their kids. Mm-hmm. And that's like, dude, chill. <laughs> right? God is good. Trust him with this. Just do your part, man, and just yeah. enjoy that time that you're going to be raising your kids and um but don't don't be so uptight about it either in a yeah. sense you know so That's good so if you're hearing this right now and and you're wanting some some more resources in order to help you in this area of family discipleship please reach out uh you can reach out by calling church office you can call chris you can email chris mm-hmm. you can uh you know, send a carrier pigeon. <laughs> I like pigeons. You can leave notes, notes on his truck. Yes. Just don't take my tailgate. Under, under the windshield wiper. Yeah, his tailgate just got stolen. So that's, <laughs> that's a real thing in Bakersfield. Um, if, you, if you need resources, uh, you know, or, or just, you know, helpful uh, books, um, either to help inspire you or to teach you or books that you can use directly with your children, contact Chris. You can contact me. Um, again, we have quite a hefty collection of fun things mm-hmm. to use with, with family discipleship. Um, you know, one thing that was mentioned before was to seek out, uh, you know, other families who seem to be doing it really, really well mm-hmm. and ask questions. That's the beauty of the body of Christ is that uh, we can come alongside one another and support one another in this very real task of family discipleship. And so uh, don't be afraid to reach out. We would love, love, love to hear from you and um, really lean into those resources that are coming out of our LBC Kids Ministry. Um, Look for for all of those pamphlets on Sunday mornings that uh, help with worship, as well as giving you talking points uh, to bring back home. So, Yeah, we're, we're, we're here to help. And I think I mentioned in the sermon this last Sunday, we encourage you, bring your kids to church with you. Amen. Yes, that's a big deal. We love kids in the church service. Yes, we do. We have resources when you walk in the lobby to your left, that kiosk. We've got handouts for young kiddos. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you'll find the family worship guide. Just It keeps them kind of occupied while they're in the church, but they need to see you worship. They need yeah. to see you interact with other families. Yes. And this is really, to me, Sunday mornings, we come together as a body of Christ to worship and celebrate our Lord and Savior. And then the, the, the byproduct of us being together is that we grow in, in, in a depth of fellowship. Mm-hmm. And God uses all that. But to me, Sunday really is the springboard into those relationships. So the goal and hope is that you're spending time with the family of God even outside of Sunday mornings. But Sunday mornings is just kind of where we springboard and get it kicked off. Come together. We worship our Lord. And then we're trying to encourage those relationships going forward. But That's right. We love kids in church. Yep. And one other thing with that, we formatted our services so that it's easy. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to come to church with your family, first service, the reason first and second service are close together is so that 
you wouldn't uh, feel the urge to leave. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, adults can come to an adult class and then the kids can go enjoy kids class or youth class. But um, there's there's also a reason why we don't have full program for youth and kids for first service, because we're trying to promote families to be there together. But we can do both. Right. right. So if you want to if you want to come one hour, you can go to church and go to youth or you can come together or any combination. We're trying to make it easy for you as a family, but there's a, there's a method behind how things are structured on mm-hmm. Sunday mornings. Yeah. And, and then one final thing is we're, I think we're wrapping up, uh, John is, um, you know, every, every fall we're promoting and recruiting for, uh, mainly for children's ministry for Sundays. But I'd encourage you if you're a family that that's been at LBC for, for, you know, a while, I'd say six months or more, and you love what we're doing here. I'd encourage if your kids are involved in children's ministry, get involved. And really what we're looking for, we're looking for people that are helpers in classrooms. We're not asking you to teach. We're not asking you to, to lead anything. We're just, we're asking you to come and just help the teachers out, sit with the kids, help them with crafts, you know, be silly with them, have fun. Um, if you think about that and you think about it, like I did when my wife said, Chris, I need, I need help. Will you please come help me in the classroom? I was like, Oh, I'm not going in there. I was, I was intimidated by two year olds. Kids are scary, man. I don't know what it was, man. But, uh, and and now I'm here and I, anyways, but I would encourage you just, just come in the classroom. We'll help you. And I, it's been so much fun just hanging out with little kids Mm. Cause I realize I get super intense and being with kids just makes me relax and have fun and kids want to have fun. Yeah. And, um, so parents, if, if you're here, if you're not involved, please get involved. Um, we need you. And I think you'll find that it'll, it'll benefit you in, in lots of ways. And you get to like watch your kids grow up with friends and, you get to develop relationships with these other families and their kids. And I've seen families that, you know, they were younger and, and an adult uh, got to know the parent. And then, you know, they're still carrying on like these discipleship relationships now that they're in college and married and <laughs> right. These relationships that started when they were little by just being around each other that um, now they're mentoring them as married couples getting That's ready to cool. have kids. Like it's hearing some of those stories. It just makes me convinced and just, being involved in serving can lead to all that kind of cool stuff. But, yeah, that's right. and you see the impact it's made on those kids and students now, like they don't know where they'd be if it wasn't for that, that adult that mm-hmm. came alongside them with their parents to love on them, you know? So it's a big deal. Very cool. The LBC Podcast is a ministry of Laurel Glen Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. Hey, if you're looking for a church family, if you're looking for a place to belong, we would love to worship with you and meet you face to face. We have services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10 a.m. Bring the kids. We also have a variety of Bible studies all throughout the week, as well as on Sunday mornings starting on September 10th. If you would like more information on our church or anything else, please visit us at laurelglen.org or download our new app by searching LBC Bakersfield in your favorite app store. God bless.